real rest. We're going to be talking over the next several weeks about working hard and also finding real rest. Who, are, who is ready for spring break? Woo! Some of you are like, I'm ready for summer break, Josh. Please, just, just, let, me, just let me be ready for summer break. <laughs> I get that. Hey, I get that. Um, when you're an adult, you don't get breaks. Um, so anyway, hey, uh, it's, it's important, hey guys, uh, it, it's important to be able to understand how to work hard and also how to find real rest. Who feels like I don't get enough rest? Like, and I'm not even just talking about sleep, because I know some of you guys stay up until 4 o'clock in the morning. But what I'm saying is, you feel like I just don't get rest. How many people feel like you're overworked, like you work so hard in whatever, school, work, jobs, all that stuff? <laughs> I sense some sarcasm. Yeah, it's an important thing. And so we're going to, um, we're just going to, as we have been throughout this entire thing, you also see the little kingdom culture. That's, again, we're, we're staying within the, the whole brand of, of kingdom culture and how we're supposed to attack this thing. So we, we talked about, does anybody know our first kingdom culture topic? Worship. worship. Absolutely. What about our second worship, or, or not, um, our kingdom culture topic? Money, yeah, all about the Benjamins, right? Uh, so, so this is, is really, it, it's two series kind of packaged together. Working hard, learning how to work hard, learning how to biblically work and, 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 and glorify God in that, but also how to find real rest. That's something I feel like our culture doesn't do a ton of, right? We don't rest very well, right? Uh, unless you're Chick-fil-A and then you're closed on Sundays and then you can rest, so. And all the, all, the, all, all the Lord's people said amen, how sad it is. I'm going to be honest, I've, I've, I've gotten Chick-fil-A on Saturday night and then put it in my freezer so that I can have it on Sunday <laughs> so I can beat the system. It doesn't, it really doesn't, it really doesn't, it doesn't taste the same. Um, but okay, so we're going to be in the book of Genesis um, to go ahead and start off before we kind of get uh, into everything. So we're actually going to start in Genesis 1, chapter 1. So if you don't know where Genesis is, look at the table of contents and flip over. And you'll be able to find Genesis 1-1. But we're going to kind of jump around a little bit. There's a lot of scripture, but hopefully that's okay. Um, so uh, before, before we kind of get into that, um, to talk about um, our, our passage and, and our passages, um, it's important to know what Genesis is, right? Genesis is important. Uh, Genesis, literally the word, it, it, it means beginnings. It means beginnings. It means that, that this is, is the beginning of really everything. Genesis is the account of what? Creation, right? Yeah. We know that, that, that Genesis is, it talks about creation. We also know that Genesis talks about um, humanity for the first time, right? Adam and Eve, right? We, we hear about that story. We also see God making his covenant and having relationship with humanity for the first time. We see that in Genesis as well. It's important to see uh, Genesis. It's an important book. Um, and I prob you probably didn't know that Genesis does talk about work. Genesis talks about work, especially in chapter 1, 2, and 3, which is kind of where we're going we're gonna to jump uh, between 1 and, and 3 uh, tonight. Um, but before we do, uh, before we actually read uh, in Scripture, I got a story for you. So, one last story. So, um, as you guys know, uh, been praying for, for my grandpa, Pop. Uh, thank you guys for asking. 
uh, how everything is going and, and all of that. Um, that. This dude is amazing. He, he is my, my number one best friend. Like, I, I love this guy. And uh, we, we just got word, just as an update, um, kind of a, of his status and where he's at. Um, we uh, basically, the long of the short is it, I'm, I'm going home for a little bit just to be with him. Um, and, then, uh, and then we'll be able to just hang out. Things are really good. I talked with him on the phone today, and he said, you guys better not stop praying for him or he'll come over here and slap you guys. Um, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. He did say, though, thank you for, for praying and just asking about me. He's more concerned with how I am, and it's you guys who are with me and, and encouraging me, and so thank you for that. Um, but it, I thought, you know, knowing that and knowing kind of his, his situation, I had to tell a story about Pop, right? Um, so my Pop has been retired for as long as I've been alive. I was born in 96, and he's re- he retired in 97. So I got to hang out with him for the entirety of his retirement, which has been amazing. Um, it's so much fun. He actually took his retirement, and he never really stopped working. He just shifted. He was, uh, he was a, a, a manager, kind of a lawyer, not really, but just kind of worked um, in that corporate sense. But then he loves farming. And so he actually uh, went in with my uncle, my two uncles, and bought some land, and he farms all the time. Uh, to the point, he also had a stroke 10 years ago. Like, this guy's crazy, right? And he's lived through it and been okay. Um, my pop loves this farm so much that we were like, hey, you drive 45 minutes out to this piece of land, and you go work for seven hours. You're 86 years old. Like, stop it. He's like, you know what? If, if, if I'm gone out there, and I don't come back home, like, just come pick me up. It'll be okay. I'm like, no, that's not, no, we're not doing that. Like, no. And he's like, no, seriously, he loves the farm that much. And what he loves to do is he loves to, to plant things. He loves to, to work in a garden. He has, like, three or four gardens. Uh, cows next door actually broke through the fence and started trampling all of his stuff. He got a paycheck out of it. But, like, anyway, he, he loves farming, and he loves being on the farm. I have so many stories about this guy. But when I was younger— I hated work, and I hated manual labor, and I hated uh, just the thought of being uh, out in in the sun, being out for hours at a time doing manual labor. I did not want to do it. My brother loved it, and so what Pop would do is he would pick us both up, and sometimes he would come hang out with us. We'd go out to lunch. We'd uh, go shopping. We'd go do things. Grandpa always spoiled me, right? Like, come on. I loved that. Uh, It was awesome, but when it was time to go to the farm, my brother was like, yes, let's go. The farm, I love it. He loved being out there. Me, I was like, listen, no, not me, okay? Not me, dog. As a matter of fact, Pop was like, hey, would you come out with the farm? Or would you come out to the farm with me today? Would you come help me out? Would you come do this? And I just straight up told him, I was like eight or nine at the time. And I just straight up told him, hey, Pop, listen, I, I appreciate you inviting me out to the farm. Uh, I just want to tell you, though, I'm not that kind of kid. Uh, I'm, I'm not that kind of kid. Stop inviting me out to the farm. And you know what? He, he, he did, for the most part. Every now and then we'd go hang out there and, and stuff. But, but for the most part, he stopped inviting me because I just wasn't that kind of kid. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to go out there and do things. I wanted to have fun, right? Um, who's, who's in that spot right now where you're like, I just want to have fun. I don't want to work. I don't want to do anything, right? It's true. Hey, and for, for the most part, for the most part, that's a good place to be. Be kids. Be, be, you know, be able to, to enjoy the time that you have. But 
all of my young adults, all of my older adults, you guys can be able to, to, to attest that there comes a point that it's time to go to work. Come on. It's time to go to work. There's, there's a time where you, where you are like, okay, if I want to go shopping, I got to work to earn money to go shopping. I'm no longer going to ask. It would be weird, right? If I was like, hey, mom, can I have like 20 bucks and go to the mall here in Prescott? She's like, listen, I'm not cash apping you. I'm not PayPaling you. Like, get a job, right? Like, it would be weird. And so there has to be a time where we understand that we have to work. Um, and so I want to kind of unpack some stuff here in Genesis um, about work and really lay the foundation for work before we really understand why it, we're supposed to work. Because I think we live in a culture and a society today, right, that says, hey, you can just, like, chill out and we'll just, you know, send you money. Um, hey, you guys can just hang out and, and do whatever you want and we'll just, we'll, just, we'll just let other people take care of you, right? And there are some people who are content with that, like, legit content, like, I'll just sit and do nothing. Like, it is. And so it's important that as believers, as Christians, as people who have, who have, have placed our faith in Jesus, that we work hard and that we, we have that, that work ethic. And so I want to go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. If you know it, it'll be on the screen. Um, you can go ahead and just say this with me together. Can we go ahead and put that up, please? All right, listen. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Who has heard this verse at some point in their lifetime, right? I think even if you're not a Christian, at some point you've heard God created the heavens and the earth. But there is so much in this verse alone that speak to the work and the work ethic that we're supposed to have, right? So Genesis 1, the entirety of the book is all about how God created things. Right? It's all about how God created the heavens and the earth and how he filled those atmospheres, how he began to, to, uh, to fill um, the earth. He, he began to fill heaven. He filled earth with light and land and sea and animals and plants. There were a lot that he built. And does anybody know how many days it took for him to create? Six. <laughs> He created everything in six, and then he rested on the seventh, all right? So I'm, we'll get into rest later on, but I want to hit on this thing of work because I think that it's important that as God created everything and spoke it out of existence, that the first thing that we can grab from Genesis 1-1 is that work is actually a creation of God. It's a concept of God. It's something that he fabricated as he spoke heaven and earth into into existence. Work is a creation of God. Here's the cool thing about God creating things. And I know I'm not getting into like the, the creation story. There's plenty of time. We just did that about a year ago where we went over Genesis and all this stuff. But God literally created everything out of nothing. The word for that is ex nihilo. Out of nothing, he spoke everything into existence. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? So if he's going to speak everything into existence, it's not that far of a stretch to see him speak concepts into existence, to speak character traits into existence, right? Um, the concept of work was modeled by God in Genesis 1. The concept, the whole idea of, of, of now, it's easy for God, right? We can't speak things out of nothing. I wish. That would be awesome because I would be like, Dr. Pepper. Doesn't happen. 
<laughs> I wish. That'd be really cool. You know, like, like, how cool would it be to be able to speak things into existence out of nothing? It would be awesome. We can't do that. But still, but still, hold on, even though God speaks things into existence and that's how he creates and that's how he works, we should model the same thing to be productive in the same way that God was productive in creation. Does this make sense? Am I making sense? Because even though it's not how humanity works, it's still a model that we should follow nonetheless. As a matter of fact, the people of Israel, God's God's people in the Old Testament, the chosen people who were set apart to have relationship with God, right? The very people who were set apart to, to, to be in relationship with God, right? They, they modeled all of their work schedule, and they modeled the work that they did after this. Six days, we, we work hard, we do everything, and then we have a Sabbath. We have a day that we rest. So it, it's not, again, it's not out of the realm of possibility that we look at God's uh, work in creation and we model our work ethic after that same thing. Does that make sense? I don't think that's too far of a, of a stretch to make. You see, God created humanity in his own image. We're going to read about this a little later. And we're supposed to reflect him in every single thing that we do. So as we seek to live out the kingdom, work is no exception. Worship, money, Work, rest, all of these things are important in living out the kingdom and bringing it down to earth. I think of it like this. Work is a creation of God, right? We've already established this. How many people look at, like, the mountains or you look at an ocean and you're like, wow, God created this? Like, this is amazing. God created this thing. Like, I can't believe. How many people have ever done, like, a nature walk and you're just like, God, man, you are so awesome. You're so amazing. Right? God created all of that, and we're able to look at it and go, wow, that's amazing. Th that in and of itself is worship to God, right? We look at the talents and the gifting, the giftings that he's given us, and we say, man, you created and fashioned me with all of these things. Thank you so much. It's worship to him, right? So it would not make sense for us to look at work and, and go, well, that's not a creation of God. I don't, have to, I don't have to care about work. I, I don't have to like work. I don't have to do all of this stuff. But if we were able to see work as a creation in the same way that we look at the mountains or the oceans or the, the, hum, the hum, uh, humanity that, that God created and crafted, if we can start to look at it and see the same thing in our work and in our work ethic, I think that that would begin to shift in a lot of people to notice, hey, what's up with you? Why are you different? What, what, what's going on here? If we showed the same amount of awe and reverence that we show the other accounts of creation, I believe that it would shift our minds completely to see work completely differently. I mean, what would it look like to speak to a culture that views work so bleakly, right? They see work as like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta go to work. I, I, they grumble through, through work. They, they don't find um, joy in their jobs. They don't find uh, fulfillment in the things that they are, are doing. And I'm not saying if you're working uh, at McDonald's that you should just stay there forever, like, especially if you don't like it. Like, there are jobs that you have to do for money to work up to build experience, okay? That's, that's a thing. Um, but if we could start to see work as worship, if we could start to see work as a testament to God, and man, I'm going to work because he created me 
in his image and he created me for this, if we would start to see that, I think that it would begin to shift in our culture to say, hey, what's, what's up with him? What's up with her? Why, why, do you, why are they so different? You know what I mean? I think that that would be just so, so important. But we have to understand that work is a creation of God. If we don't see it as a creation of God, we'll never respect it. We'll never, we'll never build our work ethic. Um, let's go ahead and, and jump down to the end of Genesis chapter 1. You see, Gen- uh, this is when uh, God creates uh, humanity. It's an important, important passage, but there's something that speaks to work here. It says this, it says, God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all of the wild animals over the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. Everybody say, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. There's a lot that speaks there. I'm not even going to get into it. Uh, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. What's this word right here? Rule. Rule, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. You see, as God created, right, we've already established work is a creation of God. And so we should see it with reverence. And this is important, right? First kind of foundation block that we have. We have a second one here in this count of how he created humanity. And that is this. That we have to see work as a concern of God. And I'm not saying concern is like, oh man, I'm just really concerned. I'm really worried about you. I'm really, uh, I feel like anxious about you. God's not concerned in that way. But God is concerned in the way of, man, he wants his creation to be stewarded well. Right? He wants us to be productive. Especially if we are going to bear his image. Right? He wants us to be productive. He wants us to be um, Uh, fruitful. You see, God was concerned about the state of his creation after he was satisfied with it. And he wanted humanity to be the rulers under him, right? That's important. He wanted humanity to be rulers underneath him so that they could then um, uh, do everything and and steward everything that he had given in, in in a solid way. We have this unique privilege. Did you guys ever think about the fact that we see, like, you're made in God's image. That's important. And that's so unique. There's no other creature, there's no other species that is is like us as humanity. We are created in God's very own image. That is important. That is so cool. And if we can start to see God and see that we're created in his image. And if he's work a worker, we should be a worker. Remember how we were talking to him with money? Like if God is generous, we should be generous. It's the same way. If God is a worker, then we should be a worker. We should be a good worker, a good steward. You see, God wanted to leave the earth to a creation that could be entrusted with it. This is why we have the command to be fruitful and multiply. This is why it's so important for believers to be fruitful and multiply. And we're not going to get into that, but uh, I'm just kidding. Um, but it, it is important. It's something that we, uh, as humanity, we have a mandate to do. It's a special, unique mandate, and, and it's a reason why it's, it's an important to God. Because family and raising godly children 
are super important to God. That's why he said what he said here. That's why one of the first commands that humanity is given is to be fruitful and multiply, to go out and to, to be able to, 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 to expand uh, the, the, the earth and humanity. You see, he equipped us with the tools and the giftings to work effectively. As a matter of fact, that's the whole reason why Eve was given to Adam. To be a helper, to be someone who could come alongside of him and help him to, to do the things that he knew that man needed a, a woman and that women uh, needed men. Like, like, we need each other, right? It's an important thing that we can grab onto, but it, 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 and it's a concern of God's. It's something that he wanted to, to make sure was left in the, 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 the right hand. You see, he even gives Adam and Eve, and we'll kind of jump down into this, but he even gives them authority to be able to direct their own future, to make their own choices, to have sovereignty and being able to, to do what they wanted to do. And, and, and so he obviously trusted us and he gave us the tools. Humanity was, was who actually dropped the ball in this. And we'll kind of get into this, um, but, but it's a concern of God's. Have you guys ever... Um, have you guys ever had something where somebody gives you something, but it's not like it's not like they give you a gift. It's like, hey, can you watch this for me? Like maybe dog sat, house sat, something like that, where you're entrusted with something. It happens. That was weird. Um, it happens. And, and, and it can be really nerve-wracking sometimes to grab that thing and to hold on to it, to house sit, to dog sit, to to babysit even. I mean, hello, come on. I'm terrified of babysitting, and I'm 26, so, no, 25, 25. Sorry about that. It's weird. When you get to my age, you start forgetting and all this stuff. You know, uh, but it's also, it, 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 can, it can start to create, uh, uh, it can be a nerve-wracking experience for both the creator and the person who's handling it. You know what I mean? Not, not that God gets nervous. Don't, don't hear that. But he obviously left this, this thing of stewarding the earth, working to us with a specific set of what that would look like in mind, right? Uh, I think of um, uh, last year, and I'm, I'm going to do it again, and I'm kind of slightly terrified of doing it. Um, but Shannon, right? You already know what I'm talking about. Uh, Shannon, Shannon was like, hey, last year, uh, she was like, hey, um, would you uh, hand in my art piece for fine arts um, whenever you go down to, uh, to Phoenix for the uh, evaluators meeting? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll do that. Like, it's easy. That way you don't have to mail it. You don't have to do this. It wasn't until she handed it to me and I drove down to Phoenix that I was like, huh, okay, <laughs> okay, because she's trying to get a score on this thing. And she's worked really, really hard on it. And all it takes is me to go a little fast and I can ruin this whole thing. Like, it was very nerve-wracking. And, and, like, I, I, there were times she put it in a, it was like a baker's box, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a gift box. So it was kind of loose in there. So if I, like, made a turn really sharp and it was like, I was like, whoa, what happened? Is it okay? It's like freaking out. And if that wasn't worse enough, she qualified for nationals. She qualified. Yeah. She qualified for nationals, which means I had to take that thing on a plane. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever know uh, what TSA is, uh, you know, have you ever gone through that? They don't care about your bags, okay? They will just, they'll like, they'll like, you're like, okay, put your bags, put your shoes, all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, send it on through. Hi -ya! 
Or then, like, if you ever have your bag unpacked at TSA, they're like, what is this? What is this? What is this? And you're like, okay, hey, there's something important there. So even with me getting on a plane twice, because then she's, I was like, I was like, so, like, do you want it back after? She's like, of course I want it back. I'm like, of course you do. I have to take it back a third time. <laughs> ah. It's like, of course. <laughs> yeah. In the van with no catalytic converter, mind you. Yeah. <sighs> Y'all, I'm telling you, I have never been more nervous to hold an art piece that hadn't been graded yet. It hadn't been evaluated yet. Because, like, if honestly, if I was the one who, like, messed it up, it would show up and they'd be like, well, you see, you, Shannon, you missed this here. And they could be like, no, it's just my youth pastor didn't know how to drive. Like, you know, that <laughs> there are times where we are entrusted with things and it's important that we see that and, and we, we steward it well, right? So work is a concern of God. This is why we work as humans. This is why we work. Work is not a curse. We're going to get into this. Work isn't a curse. But work was actually something that God mandated for us and had for us to do, right? So don't, don't think of it as like, oh, man, I, we're just cursed to work. We're going to read into this in uh, Genesis chapter 3, uh, verses 17 through 19. Uh, Adam and Eve have already eaten the apple, right? So they've already made a big boo-boo and uh, made a, a big mistake. And so, they, so now it's time. Um, parents, you can speak to this. Now it's time for the punishment for what happened, right? So this is kind of this interaction that we're going to read. This is what God said to Adam and Eve in verses three, uh, verses 17 through 19 of chapter 3. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and you ate the fruit from the tree, which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through, what's this word? painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. I don't know about you, I don't like thorns and thistles, okay? Um, <laughs> and it says, it says, you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat the food until you return uh, to the ground. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. This is important. This interaction is, is important because what is this? It's the punishment for, for Adam and Eve walking away from God. This is why work was corrupted without God. Work is corrupted without God. Work is cursed. Work is cursed without God. That's an important thing. Work itself is not cursed. Don't hear that. Work without God is cursed. Work is cursed when you don't have God in the midst of it. You see, the fall separated Adam and Eve from God and caused the issues for human life. Uh, it's all good. Just workout session in the middle. I get it. Um, no, you're good. no, you're not getting called out. I was just like taken aback. I've never seen that before. That's a, that's a first. Um, anyway, so check this out though. Because it caused the issues for life without, without um, for humanity forever. It changed the course of how we interact and how we are, 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 are in relationship with God. You see, the actions that Adam and Eve took to separate themselves from God meant that there had to be repercussions. So work was affected 
by the fall. It meant that they had to be reliant on God for the things that they did in work. They had to be reliant on God. You see, before this, they were given tons of mandates. They were given tons of jobs to do, naming all of the, the animals. That in and of itself is a really tough job, okay? Because how do you name a platypus? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like how do you, you know, yes, everybody says Perry, but, you know. Anyway, so check this out. Humanity's first calling, our first job was to be the caretakers of the earth. But because of the fall, because of the corruption without God, and we work without God and try to do things, that's how we get work in the sense that we think of. That's how you get people who are greedy with their money. That's how you get people who exploit other people in work. That's how you get people who work for things and constantly strive but don't really have a purpose for what they're doing. They're just doing stuff to make money. You know what I mean? This is why we get all of these things with work. So, so many people would say, well, uh, I, I remember having a conversation with somebody and they were like, well, I'm not going to go to work because I'm not, I refuse to be a cog in a machine. You do you, boo-boo. Like, whatever. But, like, you need to find a job. Like, come on. Work. Like, seriously. If McDonald's is paying $18 an hour, go flip a burger. I'm sorry. This is going to get, whoo, focus myself. Okay. I'm gonna get on and get on it. Be a sandwich artist. That's a cool job. Anyway. But here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. Let's let's bring it back in. You see, this is why there are problems on earth as people work. Is because we were separated from God. We were supposed to be the caretakers of creation, yet we continue to mess it up. We were supposed to be the ones who stewarded earth and treated humanity, uh, other, other people correctly and rightly and justly. But we mess it up because of the fall. Everything got affected by the fall. The curse, and again, I want to I make this clear, right? The curse is not on the activity of work. Work was never cursed. Otherwise, they would have been grumbling while they were doing all the things that they were doing, tending to the gardens and, and walking around and naming animals. They would have hated it, but they didn't. Work was not the curse, but it was a curse on the things that they worked in. The, the curse actually was the ground. The curse was the ground. It was thorns and thistles. It, it wasn't that, that it was going to be, it wasn't going to be easy anymore. It wasn't that, that the work was cursed. It was that all the stuff around it. It was the toilsomeness of work, being hard, being laborious, sweating. I hate sweating, and I sweat so much. It's so sad. I don't stink. I promise I don't stink. But, like, I sweat so bad. Like, it's really bad. There's a reason why I'm always in a hoodie or in layers, okay? And that's to protect you from having to look at me. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm so ashamed. Uh, Listen, um, I'm, I'm going to also say this too. You know, pregnancy and labor wasn't actually cursed either. That thing wasn't cursed. And I know that may sound weird, whatever. You guys aren't thinking like that. Please don't. But guess what? That wasn't, that wasn't cursed. It was actually the, 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 the difficulty that would come that was actually cursed in that. You see, when we don't have a framework, when we don't have a relationship with God, because Adam and Eve were separated from God by the fall. 
right? When you are separated from God, when you don't have a relationship with God, and you don't have the Lord to dictate and to, to move you to work in the ways that you do, it's easy to see work as something to hate. When you don't have God motivating you, when you don't see work as worship, it is so easy to go, man, I do not want to do this. I do not want to do this. Hey, who's, who's called to ministry in here? Who's called to be a youth pastor, be a missionary, be a pastor, worship pastor, all that stuff? Yeah, if you are, let me tell you, there are also times in the church, in ministry, that you feel tired and you don't want to work. There are times... There are times, even when you think, like, I remember thinking, oh, man, I'm going to be a youth pastor, and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be great. And I still don't feel like I'm working, but let me tell you, it's a lot harder than what I thought it would be. There's a, there's a lot, it's a lot harder than, than what I, I, I thought it would be. Because if you don't see work as worship, you'll never have good work ethic. If you don't see work as worship unto God, you don't see something, uh, you don't see work as given, as, as a creation of God, you'll never have an appreciation for it. You'll never build up a good work ethic. It can be so easy to write off work as something that we dread going to, we dread doing. And without God, I'm going to be honest, if you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't have a relationship with him, you will see work as difficult and tiresome and pointless and all of these things because you don't have that relationship with God. But if you have God speaking your purpose into you, what, what is a job other than a leverage to, to be able to reach more people for Jesus? A lot of times, especially in our American culture, we put so much work and so much value into our job, right? That's why when you guys get old enough to go to college, um, and maybe you're already being asked this question, Ethan. <laughs> like, what are you, you going to go do? What are you going to go do? What are you going to study? And what's the question after, after you answer? Well, that doesn't make a lot of money. Or, or that makes a lot of money. You know, like, like, it's always those two things. Let me tell you something right here, right now. Your purpose is not found in your dollar value that is attached to your net worth. It's not found in your job title. It's not found in your student leadership position. It's not found in your student council position. It's not found in anything other than what God has spoken to you. And if you can start to see that, I think that we can begin to shift the, the, the understanding that other people have about work. If we, if we could start to, to work with a work ethic that brings worship to God, people will start to notice. Who has a job in here? Anybody have a job in here? Yeah. I'm talking an actual job with like other employees. There are, look, there are jobs where people who are coworker? Who are your coworkers? Will not do a good as good of a job as you. And there will be people who do a better job than you. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again with this thing. And and I'm closing up. So if the worship team would go ahead and start rounding up, I, was, I almost forgot, but I didn't. But listen, I've said it before, and I'll say it again with this with this whole focus that we place on kingdom culture. Christians should be the best workers in every workforce on the planet. Workers who say, I am a Christian. I follow Jesus. I represent him. Did you guys know Christians means little Christ? Yeah, that's what it means. So if you're going to be a little Christ, you should be a little Christ everywhere. 
And you should be a little Christ in all of the, dro- the, j- the jobs and the roles that you have. So what does that look like? If you don't have a job, be the best darn student that you can be. If you, if you have a job, be the best employee that you can be. Not because you want a, a, a raise, not because you want a, a better paycheck, not that you want a greater resume, but that you represent Jesus. I think bosses and employers and other employees will begin to notice when you work unto, as, as worship to God. They'll go, why, why, do you, why do you do the things you do? Why do you work the way that you do? If we can change our work ethic, especially in our culture, in our day and age today, I think that that would begin to, to speak more authentically than any other method of talking to people about Jesus. If you could work as worship, I believe that that would speak more authentically than any word that you could ever speak to somebody else. It could change the world around us. People notice solid work, especially in our culture and our society where, where hard work is valued and needed. If we understand that work is worship, then we should be the best workers with anything that God puts in front of us. We should be the best workers in everything that we do, whether it's having a job, whether it's being a student, whether whatever it is that you're wanting to do with your future, we should be the best at it. You guys, this is making sense. If you guys would, if you guys would just pray with me. Tonight, if you, uh, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to really pay attention to this. I want to I wanna hit a couple areas. One, I didn't talk about, but I just feel like it's important in these moments. The first is this, if you would say, you know what, I don't really, I haven't worked the way that I need to. Like, I, I, I'm a Christian. I, I believe that God has, has created everything, and I don't see work in the way that I need to. If you, I, need, I need a shift in the perspective of, of how I view work. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and just be honest and say, I need a shift in how I view work. My role as a student. My role as an employee, my role as a small business owner or whatever. That's you. If you would say, I, I need a shift in my perspective. Thank you for those hands. Tonight, if you would say, I, I need, uh, I, I, I'm looking at, at my job and my role. And I know that there are other people that I can speak to that I can speak through my work ethic. If, if your work ethic is the thing that needs to shift and change, if you say, I just, I just need to acknowledge that I need to start treating my work better, if that's you, if you say, I just need a shift in how I'm working and what I'm doing, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? Thank you for those. Tonight, the last one, I think that this is important. I didn't really talk about it as much as I, I could have, but tonight, if you say, I don't, know what my purpose is because maybe for some of you it's been attached to uh, being a straight A student, being an AB student, being on student council, being a captain of a team. Maybe there's so much pressure that you're putting on yourself of what you're actually doing. Maybe you have a job. So many people see you as the employee that does everything and that's a weight that you're like, I, I just, I, it's hard. If you 
are in that boat where, where you're saying, I, I just, it's so hard managing the things that I need to manage in my role as a student, as an employee, whatever. I want to I wanna just, just ask you um, not to raise your hand, but I just want to encourage you to start to, to work on your relationship with the Lord. Start to let him speak to you because he's the only one who can ever give you a purpose. He's the only one who can ever speak things over you. He's the only one that can, can bring things out of you. He's the, only, he's the only one who can speak purpose and speak to your purpose, your direction. No employee, no teacher, no boss is going to be able to, to speak things that are final over you. And so I just feel like, man, there's such a, a, a thing, a, a spirit of just I, a confusion. I don't know what I'm here to do. Your purpose comes from your relationship and your status as a son and as a daughter in the kingdom. Nothing could ever change that. Tonight, I want you guys to know that. And I want to pray over these things and, and we'll go into worship to respond. And, and I know that this might be a message that doesn't really land because I, I don't have a job or I don't. Take this and apply it as a student. Take this and keep it for when you do have a job. It, it's important stuff. So, Lord, I thank you for each and every student that is here today. I pray um, just a blessing over them. I pray that you would be able to speak your purpose. You would begin to speak the things that you want to speak over them. Lord, and I pray that you would shift their focus of their role uh, in, 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 as a student or as an employee. Lord, that they would be able to see the value in working as worship unto you. That they would be able to see Man, I, I, there's so much that, that you can do through your, through your work. I pray that, that, that they would be able to see the value in having a good work ethic and being able to, like I said, work as, as worship. Lord, I pray that you would just begin to speak to those who maybe have put their purpose and put their identity and put all of the things that, that maybe other people have put on them. Maybe it's, I'm a straight A student and I can't let my mom or dad down. I, I, I'm on student council and I can't lose my status because people in school would see me a certain way. Lord, I pray that you would just begin to speak truth over them and speak with just uh, such a finality that, that it's not what they do. It's not what they do. It's not the things that they're involved in, but it's their relationship with you and how you see them as a son and as a daughter. I pray that you would wrap your arms around them and comfort them. Speak the, these truths over their lives. And Lord, I pray that you would just be glorified in every single thing that we do, in our jobs, in our schools. Lord, that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen, amen.